Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. My name is Kelsey Lowe, and today we have Brandy Fano. Brandy, welcome. Hi, so glad to be here, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Brandy, we kind of got started talking about like how not to lose yourself as a mom, and you just like shared with me like mom life's the best life, and that's something that like I think me and a lot of my generation like two parts my generation is excited but also fearful because divorce rates are so high it's like oh I want to bring a child in but then there's also a a part of the listeners I know you guys listening right now that are moms and are like learning how to not lose yourself so can you share a little bit about you know like who you are and and why you care about this yeah for sure So I am 37 and I'm a mom of three. I've been married 15 years this year. Um, And you know, I always always dreamed of being a mom. So for me, it was kind of a lifelong dream. Whereas my husband was never gonna get married or have kids. So we love to joke about that now. Um, But when we met, you know, the rest was history, right? And we started this life together and he was really my greatest dream come true. And um, that's not to say it hasn't been a ton of work, right, as any relationship is. And we actually ended up getting pregnant. It um, was kind of a, a good surprise on our first wedding anniversary. Um, so our oldest daughter came, gosh, I, now we were babies too. I was like 20, 24 when I had her. Uh, so kids having kids, really, right? But happy and in love. And, you know, we just dove right into it. And as she weaned, a couple years later, baby number two came. And then just like that, you know, two years after that, we had our our third, which was our son. So two girls and a boy. And, um, you know, we were, my husband's a chiropractor. So we were running a really successful business and had moved away from family. So we had gone out west. And I mean, like we were just diving hard into parenting and life and business. And before you know it, madly in love, really living our dreams and had a super successful practice. But before you know it, we're both burnt out at both ends, right? And I think this, this passion for, you know, living intentionally really started when I kind of hit rock bottom. Like, how is it that I'm living these dreams out so in love with my family and my life, but I feel so disconnected from myself, I don't know what happened, you know, in the last 10 years of having babies, but I feel like I don't have my own life anymore, or my own thoughts anymore, or my own, you know, our marriage was, you know, we we're very happy and very in love, but very disconnected, right? What happened to our sex life? What happened to our fun? What happened to that individuality and the identity that you start out with? And so um, I just became really super passionate about living intentionally, and I think um, not in every area of life, right? Yeah. Just to recreate, you know, rather than letting life happen to you, I think so often that, you know, as young moms, we, we just get lost in this beautiful mission of motherhood, right? It's a big dream. It's amazing. I don't think there's any more rewarding work, but in that it's so easy to lose ourselves in the process. Um, and just let everybody else's needs come before our own. Right. And we have this model in our society to give, 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 serve, 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 but what really, what, what's that, what is that modeling to our children, right? When we let ourselves go and we're giving to other people and we're serving out of this empty cup, is that really the model that I want to leave for my children, that the example I want to show my kids? So I realized that we were doing everything backwards, right? And that I had to put myself first and then I had to put my marriage before my babes. And once I started making those adjustments, and kind of realigning and redesigning our life, everything changed. Mm. 
if you could go back, like I think of like one of my close friends is pregnant right now. And she's okay. in her first trimester. Okay. Exactly planned. Yeah. Um, but you know, she's over, she's excited. She's with a man she really loves, you know, yeah what if you could go back to like those moments you know like what advice would you give her or give yourself yeah so just not to lose yourself in this process you know it's such a beautiful journey and it is a journey right and it's always ebbing and flowing life's a dance parenting's a dance you're in one season and then boom you're a new one before you know it but to take care of you first, right? To, to carve out time for yourself every day. I really wish someone would have told me that back in my 20s, if they were like, hey, just so you know, it's very very likely that you might lose yourself and get disconnected, <laughs> you know, that you might, uh, you love your body now, but that all might change, you know, your childbearing, I mean, there's so, there were so many pieces of, you know, not giving myself time every day, um, you know, there's a consequence to that, right? So I would tell her, I would tell myself, like, carve out time for yourself every day. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't neglect your own needs and your own desires and passions and hobbies and, and your partner in this process, right? Really, we can't really give to our partner unless we're first nourishing ourselves, right? Yeah. So I think I, I, start, I would start with her, just to have that time every day to nourish yourself every day. I was with a client yesterday who's a new mom and I was like, what would it look like just to create two hours a day for yourself? How can we create this, this time, this space so that you are literally, you know, you're nourishing your soul, you're nourishing your body, you're nourishing your spirit, and then you can nourish those babies the rest of the day. But what would it look like just to carve out a little bit of time for yourself each morning so you're not burning out at both ends? Yeah. And I think that even people that don't have kids, it still gets, it's easy not to carve out that time. You know, yeah. you don't have a family. Like yeah. it's the, like kind of how you said in the beginning is that intentional time. Yes. Yeah. So being intentional with how you're spending the time. And I think there's also a, um, like, uh, the guilt I'm trying to say, I was like a vibe an air. Like, what is it? This, this air of guilt that's around of, of, you know, you got to be working hard. You got to be momming hard. Does anyone even say that? All these things. Um, and those are kind of like societal messages, but yes. those aren't necessarily the things that are fulfilling us and filling up our soul. It's like, sure. You might be able to pay your bills really well, but are you able to enjoy the family time in that house that you're paying for or in that car? You know, it's so true. It's so true. I think we have these unspoken rules and roles right? About our identity, especially as a mom, right? It needs to look like something. It needs to not look like this. It's, it's wrong or it's selfish to do this. When in actuality, you know, no one can define what it's supposed to look like for you, right? But you've got to be connected enough to your heart, to your body, to know what are those core values? What are those things that light you up? What is, what is it that you need? And be able to nourish yourself. So it's that self-awareness. Like you said, you don't have to be a mom. This is beneficial for all of us in everyday life, right? To connect, to go within, live from that place, right? Of knowing what you need, filling your, yourself up first, loving yourself so well first that then out of the overflow, I can actually give to my partner and actually give to these babes. Yeah. And not only that, but then they're, they're modeling, right? They're, they're modeling our behavior, not our words. So then they're modeling this idea of like, mommy takes good care of her body. Mommy works out every morning. You know, mommy spends time in the quiet every morning. What's mommy doing? Oh, she's journaling. This is her time, right? 
mommy's taking this walk. So whatever it looks like for you, it's different for all of us. And I think that's what you said is so important is that we don't conform to society's, what society tells us is, you know, this picture perfect mom, you know, there are so many days I let my laundry and my dishes stack up because I'm like, it's not a priority, right? I got to take care of me. I got to take care of my man. I got to take care of my kids. We have to enjoy our day. I want to enjoy this season. And those things can wait. I'm not going to give priority to something that is not in line with my core values in my life. Right. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. You know, yeah. there's so many people that like they, well, I know for me, I can have so many things going well, but if there's like, say things are messy and like organization, something I've always struggled with, it's so easy. Like, and I've had to catch myself where I'm like, oh, like the negative self-talk when I see a mess and I'm like, wait a minute, so many things are going well and it's yeah. because those things are not a priority right now and that's okay. Totally. Don't hold yourself to the standard of wanting everything to, totally. you know, look a certain way, be a certain way, but it's yeah. like, wait, but if I'm being nourished... And I'm doing things that light me up, there will be time. And I think that's like bringing us back to that abundance mindset of like, okay, there's not time right now, but there will be. There will be time. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Those things can, at the end of the day, what are you going to remember? You know, that your closet was so organized today? I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to that. I definitely carve out time for that here and there, but it's not a priority in my day-to-day -day life, right? Yeah. So I think know, that's where knowing yourself so well and spending that time with yourself really is imperative and crucial because I know what I need. I know what's so important to me. I know what fills me up, what turns me on, what, what, what gets me in my peak state every morning, right? So this morning- know? You know, it's always, it's, it's, all, it's always fluid, but I'm taking the time every day to check in. So it doesn't look the same every day, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But because I'm carving out that time and space for myself every morning, I kind of know intuitively like, okay, this morning I'm going to go for a quick jog. I'm going to dance, turn on, crank up the music in the garage, dance it out. And then I'm going to go do A, B, and C before my kids get up, right? So I'm just checking in intuitively. What's, how am I feeling led today? What am I feeling cold to today, right? I know you talk a lot about this and I know that you live that way as well, but it's the same way with parenting. And I think it's, it's just that idea of living. How do we live intentionally is by, by being connected intuitively to what we need. Yeah. How have you managed like difficult times in the past? Like if you've been struggling or if you've, I just always grief. I always think about grief, you know, like that's kind of the, like the pivotal unexpected hardship that can come in. You know, how did you manage still taking care of yourself and other people? Because for me, I think about times where, I'm like, whoa, I was barely able to take care of myself. So there's this fear of how will I be able to take care of myself and other people? Great question. How do you navigate that? Great question. Yeah. So I lost my precious grandmother last year and she and I were very close. Um, she was like my only role model in my life, actually. Um, so I think it's important that especially as a mom, but anyone in life, anyone in leadership, anywhere you are, that we allow ourselves the time and space to grieve and that we allow other people into that process or at least to become aware of like, this is what mommy's going through right now or this is what I'm going through right now or I'm gonna be silent or I'm gonna take time or I'm gonna take a time out. You know, I'm gonna press pause on my life and well, I'm gonna like, allow my tell to your kids. What, what do you tell yes. your kids so they yes. know? Yes, I am a huge believer in being an open book for your children. I was raised the opposite, so my parents told me nothing. I had no idea what was going on ever. 
And so there was everything was kind of swept under the rug. So I've raised my kids completely differently, super vulnerably, super authentically. And so they knew, they always know what I'm going through and I'm always open in my pro. I mean, I share what they can handle at their age, you know, but it's so important that they see that model so that they know it's okay to cry, so that they know it's okay to express their emotions, so that they know it's okay to press pause on life, to press pause on activities, so that they know that, you know, we're, in fact, going back to the, the season where I was burning out at both ends with, as a young mom, we literally took a year off. We literally took a, a year to pause our life, to stop working, to reevaluate where do we want to live? How do we want to do family? How do we want to do finances? What does it look like to be successful? What does success mean to us? So they remember that huge transition because we ended up moving and starting a whole new life and redesigning everything. And, and we're, we're in a season where we're doing that again right now. So they know that there are these regular, expected, and kind of intentional pauses in life. And then the unexpected, like you're saying, trauma, grief, um, you know, there, life happens, right? And so I have no problem let my kids being emotional or letting them see into my emotions because I think that is, um, I think it's a powerful example. And I think it gives them a lot of freedom to express their emotions and to understand, you know, the different seasons and the different you know, the different way that life, you know, comes to us and moves through us, right? Yeah. Have you noticed, and this is just my curiosity, has yeah. a mom healed relationship with your mom? Gosh, in so many ways, it really did. Yes, I really, um, you know, we, we had a rocky relationship my teenage years. And so immediately when you have a baby, there's just this instant kind of, you know, reunion that happens that a lot of the past falls away and there's this new level of this new common ground right and seeing her love for my children has been really healing for me in a lot of ways so um yeah i think it's beautiful um children are just children are really a gift in that way right so they have a beautiful way of reconnecting and bringing family together in a way that might not else happen mm. yeah thank you yeah I can see that, like the innocence of a child and their curiosity and like how they approach things. Like I'm so excited to have a child one day. And yeah. I think there's kind of a collective, um, there's a collective fear, but also there's a collective like people taking a stand for not having children just because there's like a biological clock that is like, oh shit, we're oh. all going to have babies yeah. by 10 or 30 or whatever else or you know right. oh like it's because like I've even gotten messages like oh it's irresponsible to have a baby later in life or oh it's this it's that you know just like because it's like you're you're older and it's just like what no. I I really like something that supported me is reminding myself like I trust the timing of my life I trust the timing of that. life and like really checking in that nothing has to be rushed and the moment I start to rush something of thinking, oh my gosh, I, have, I don't have a man, I don't have this or whatever, it's I'm dropping into the scarcity mindset. And it's Absolutely. not Not certain, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm. So good. I love that. You know, it's like when we resist, it's like when we're, we're in fear or we're in, we're in resistance, we actually, you know, push away the thing that we want. But when we're in rest and surrender, we actually attract the very things that we want. So I love what you said. And I think that's so true is that again, that's another societal, you know, rule that we've accepted 
unspokenly that, you know, it needs to happen by a certain age or it needs to look like something, right? Or it needs to happen within this, you know, frame. And it's just not, it's just not even real, right? It's not even real. It's not even real. (laughs) You know, there is no, um, I shared something this morning that I said, there is just no, there's no limit to the infinite possibilities of the potential and the unique facets that we can express in our life and our personality, right? But we like to box ourselves in. We like to box these ideas in and get in these boxes. And I think they make us feel safe when, you know, I I always joke, like having children is actually the most frightening thing in the world because it's like all of your, all of your weakness and all of your stuff, all of your beauty and, and all of your darkness is like walking around out there, just like raw, raw version of you and your partner. So it's scary as hell. And yet it's the most beautiful, powerful mirror you'll ever look at too, right? It's, it's wildly healing and awakening and frightening. And like I said, it's like the, the best life in the world and the, and the hardest the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just like imagining being able to see like a raw reflected version of me. <laughs> untamed (laughs) (laughs) untamed (laughs) you know that's the thing is i love that about children is they like they don't know what it's like to put a mask on they just live at least healthy children live vulnerably they're just fully free and so you know we have this quote on our wall that's like you know we think we're teaching our children all about life but really they're teaching us what life's all about right? They're reminding me every day what it looks like to just be in that authentic, raw, unhibited version of myself. And it is, it's powerful. If you if you watch it and you let it, it's a powerful, powerful gift. Mm. Yeah. I 100% believe you. And something that's, that I feel like you guys listening need to know if you are, if you are not a mom, like let yourself visualize that best case scenario because I had a lot like now I feel like I can visualize that best case scenario and I'm so excited for what that looks like but there was a time in the past where it freaked me out because I was like oh my god my lifestyle cannot support that so it was hard to even imagine it so I would just push it to the side and say it's not for me okay yep yeah that's the thing is that it's all about it's all about the intentionality as we know with our energy, right? Life is energy and what we're creating is all of this internal reality that's manifesting around us. It's the same with our babes. So like you said, you know, you think your lifestyle wouldn't support it, but actually your lifestyle is perfect, right? For your energy to be expressed in your lifestyle is a perfect match, right? So when I look at that, like these, these babes are like literally parts of, parts of myself and my husband walking around the earth. And then so uniquely then too, it's, it's not like it's a mini me, but, but pieces of it, it's like pieces of your energy you see, and you're just like, wow, they're, they're walking around this earth. It's just like your heart walking around, you know, (laughs) whatever environment and structure you give that it's perfect because it's you, it's yours, right? It's just like if you had a pet, right? They're going to adapt and morph to your life and meet your energy right where it's at and, and adapt your energy, right? That's why we always joke our dogs look like us, right? It's because they take on our energy, right? So it's just, a, it's just a, again, it's like, how do we break out of that mindset that it needs to look like something? And it's really, really what it comes down to at the end of the day is just, is love, right? Just like everything else. And so that's all you really need 
you know, I, I hear that all the time. I'm not ready to have kids. I'm like, well, gosh, if, if that's the case, we certainly weren't ready and probably aren't now, right? We're on a plane like every other weekend, you know, we love to travel and we've done all these things that society says you shouldn't do or you can't do with three children. And, and right now we're talking about like, should we move to Europe for a year and just travel from country to country and like sell everything? And <clears throat> we're, we're, we're totally dreaming about doing something crazy out of the box. And if we listen to what society told us about raising kids or education or what's best for them, right? None of our ideas would even be on the table, but we just shut out all those voices and we, and we just go back to like, what would it look like to live from our hearts, to live from our intuition, to follow that desire, to live fully connected, knowing that when we do that, it's the best gift in the world that we can give our babes. Right. And they feel that too. When, we're, when we get in that sweet spot where we're just in the flow and everything's in alignment, we're living from this place of desire and we're, we're shutting out all the shoulds and going back to like, ooh, that really turns me on. This idea sounds so life-giving. Our kids are like, yeah, right? <laughs> so we're like, oh, we should, you know, do a nine to five or you should be in you know, traditional schooling forever or we should have the picket fence, right? We've done all those things. Not that they're bad. But then they feel that way too. And so they're, and they're, they're vibing off that. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what we should do, right, forever. Mm. But when we're like, no, we should blow up that box for a little while so you guys can get outside of it and actually experience something different, then they're like, yeah, we should. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, they're just like mimicking. They're just like, okay, follow the lead. Or like, I'm following your lead. Yeah. That is, thank you so much for sharing that. That is so yeah. cool. You know, because yeah. being able to merge dreams for traveling and being able to say, okay, wait, it doesn't have to stop by having a family. It's not exclusive. It's, it oh. can be an and situation. Oh, gosh, yes. I have, I have had the travel bug since I was born, which is funny because my, my family never went anywhere except at the same place every year at the same time once a week, right? So <laughs> I was like 17, and I was on a plane out west, and I'm like, see ya, I gotta go just go find the world, right? And so the minute that we got pregnant, we were like, well, sh let's get the backpack. Let's get the sling. You know, where's our first trip? In fact, I went to India pregnant, <laughs> so I think seven months pregnant. And they're like, you're not allowed to come to India pregnant. You're not allowed to fly that way. And I'm like, oh, I'm going. <laughs> you know? So we just never let it stop us, right? So I tell my daughter, I'm like, well, your first trip, you were seven months in the womb. We were in India for a few weeks. So I'm like, that was fun. Um, so, you know, we just never, we never did. Even when we had, even when we had three, we got the world's coolest stroller. So it was like stroller, stroller, and our seat seat on the back, it was a skateboard. So we'd fly through the airport and our, our daughter was on, our oldest was on this attached skateboard and the front two in the middle. And everyone's like, what is going on with these people? But it was our... <laughs> It was our thing. So we've, I think we've traveled on average twice a month with our kids since they've been born. And we're upping that game now as we're dreaming about like, what would it look like to do this for three months or for a year? So, yeah. So your kids are travel pros. They are. They are. They love it. They're always like, where are we going next? We've been home for a couple of weeks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> do you so notice like, the personalities of if any of your three children that are like, more homebody that like don't like travel or do all of them love it we definitely have one that is more of a homebody but she craves travel um so you know when you raise your kids traveling from the time they're born it's in their blood yeah so we are our middle is our introvert and she would be happy to be she'd be happy not to be in school and kind of to be by herself all day because she just really like gets nourished that way but she is the one that 
we're heading to Costa Rica for Christmas and she's the one that planned that we need to be in Costa Rica. This is where we need to go. So she has the, she has the bug just as much as we do. Um, but you she needs them, like contribute to where you go. You let them contribute. Oh, to the travel totally. Plans. totally. Yeah. In fact, when we moved out West, when our girls were little, so like uh, six months and two, we took out a map and our oldest was two and we were like, we want to leave Atlanta and move to Colorado. We don't know where, we don't know anyone that lives there. And we literally circled a town with her help with a crayon. And we still have that map today. And that's where we moved. We were oh just, my God. Where should we go? What does looks good? And we drove across the country and ended up in Durango, Colorado because we let her choose. And it, it was a magical five years of our life. Really, really magic. And so we're doing that now. We're, you know, we have a lot of intentionality behind how we travel, but we let our kids be involved in all big decisions and small ones. What do you want to eat tonight? You know, they're just as much people as we are. We don't, we don't believe this idea of like their spirit is any less than ours. There's no, there's no hierarchy in this, you know, in this family. So certainly we're training them with a lot of things in life and certainly, you know, we have rules and whatnot, but yeah, we're, we're very, we're best friends with our kids. And that's, that's really the only way parenting in my mind is fun. You know, I'm, I'm, as they get older and older, I'm loving it more and more. Cause I'm like, they're becoming my best friends. We're having the coolest conversations on the planet. Sometimes I'd rather hang out with them than anybody else, you know? <laughs> wow. That is so awesome to hear. And, and knowing that there's so much like autonomy, you know, it sounds like you truly being yourself in the family, you allow the space for your kids to truly be themselves. Absolutely. Um, I grew up traveling as well. That's awesome. Yeah. My parents were missionaries. So I guess I, my mom was pregnant with me when she was in Nepal, but then they went right. to India. So like you say that and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, you know, my mom's experience where they all was, were like, yeah, you're crazy. Why are you going to India? Like, you know, this irresponsible or reckless or mm -hmm. fear, you know, I, I'm, I live in a central, I live in the central Valley of California and it's a predominantly like agricultural conservative area. And my parents traveled throughout India and Nepal for the first like four or five years of my life. And mm -hmm. I don't really remember it specifically, but it, that's like you said, it's in your blood. And I just remember growing up being so excited to travel. So, and my parents, I think because my parents, I call it smearing the fear. My parents weren't smearing their fear all over oh, me. So good. I always had an open mind towards it. But yeah. I think some people growing up, if their parents were like, that's bad, that's scary, that's this, that's this, they're smearing the fear. And so we grow up and we realize, wait a minute. Well, and I'm, there's certain things in my family, but I, I see it a lot with my clients of, I'm like, hey, where'd you, where'd you learn that? It's like, oh, my parents. <laughs> totally. Oh, I couldn't love that more. You know, we... We talk to so many families and they're like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you travel with three kids. I don't know how you go out of the country. And I'm like, that's the reason that you're not, or that you're not having fun right there. It's your perspective on it, right? You've already decided it's going to be hard and miserable. You've already decided it's going to go wrong. It's going to be stressful, right? So it is going to be for you because that's the energy that you're living in. That's what you're projecting. And that's what your kids are experiencing so that's exactly why they're annoying. That's exactly why they break down on the flight. That's exactly why they cry and get sick. It's because they're living in that energetic space of fear or anxiety or whatever it is. And so 
we, we have a, a saying in our home, like we don't do fear, we acknowledge it. And we say, yeah, okay, that's valid, whatever. But like, what's the opposite of that? Or how are we going to reframe that? Or how, what, how are we going to flip that script? Because we don't want the manifestation of it in our life. And we know that what we give life to is what's going to manifest. So we've, do you know that in all the trips we've taken with our kids and our oldest is 12 and a half, we've never, we've had like one delay that I can remember that was like significant, that was like six hours or something. And we've never had anything go wrong. Like there's never been this disaster. We've always had these beautiful, magical trips. Well, why is that? It's not because we're superhuman or we have something that any other parent doesn't have, except for I, we go into the trip expecting to have our minds blown in the best way. We go in expecting to have the adventure of a lifetime. Like every trip, we're like, this is going to be better than the last. This is going to be magic. We're going to connect on a deeper level. We're going to experience more culture. We're going to have our spiritual, you know, minds expanded. We are just going to have this incredible encounter with creation and the universe and meet the best people. So we go in with this mindset and this expectation of magic and magic always happens. And people that travel with us or have met with us when we're traveling are always like, how do all these crazy serendipitous things happen to you guys? And I'm like, it's because we're, we're waiting for them. We know it's going to happen. Totally. Totally. It comes back to that intentionality, right? Yeah. So, so many parents go into having babies with like, I'm afraid to have birth. I'm afraid to, you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Or what's this, how's this going to affect my sex life? Or how's this going to affect my, you know, so they're going into it with a fear mindset. And then unfortunately, that's what they're going to get, right? Or like me, I didn't really have any intentionality I, I just wasn't thinking this way back then. I was 24, right? So I would, and I just wasn't taught this way. I grew up super duper conservative. So I, I began to expand my beliefs as I began to travel, but I didn't know a whole lot about an energy and intention back then. So I just was going through the motions of parenting, loving my husband, loving my babes, loving our work, but not really, cre not really setting my day, you know, not really starting off the morning saying, this is what I want to create today not really knowing about the power of my own energy and how what I am on the inside is what I'm going to experience on the outside. So once I began to learn that, like I said, that's when I really began to shift things and live with this, this idea of we get to co-create our lives, right? And what I'm experiencing, especially these mountains, I have to keep walking around and around and around. These things that keep coming up over and over again are actually, it's actually another mirror back to us. It's just like having children, right? So I, that's, that's actually how I, I, you know, began coaching and started lifestyle design is because I was like, I have to get up and design my days. Otherwise, I'm going to go through the motions and it's just going to happen to me, right? I have got to get up and create what I want out of my life because I'm tired of saying like, oh, five years went by. I'm not even sure what happened. So it's all that it comes, it comes all, all back to intentionality. Mm. Something you said about the traveling um, and how everything just is like a magical experience. You know, it sounds like and this is like observation is everyone is excited for the trip because it's for you. It's for your husband. It's for your kids. And I think so often um, parents will travel for their kids. Be like, we're doing this for you. We're doing this for you. And they're like, they're like, what? Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, but why are you mad at me? Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. So true. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Yeah. Yes, that's such a good point. You know, and we do. We 
I, we've never done a Disney cruise. Why? Because that's just, I, my husband and I are not going to enjoy that, right? <laughs> that's such a great example. Yes. And when, when you said that, I, I literally thought of all my friends that save up like $10,000 to take their kids on these Disney cruises. And I'm like, well, in the meantime, we go to Maui, we go to Kauai, we go to Hawaii, but we're just not doing the Disney thing, you know, and, and we're taking our kids to Europe. We're doing things that all five of us are thrilled about and thoroughly enjoy, but it's not the Disney cruise. And, and granted, I know some adults thoroughly enjoy that, but that wouldn't work for my husband and I. So therefore, we're not, like you said, we're going to do something that's for all five of us. It's really awesome. Yeah. And, and it's so cool hearing proof of someone who has like a family of five and is still traveling and, and it's amazing, you know, cause I don't hardly ever hear of people being like, yeah, I travel twice a month with my kids and it's great. It's like, <laughs> it's probably like the lead up to a really bad story or something. I know, I know. I hear those stories and it just breaks my heart. I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It's just a picture of life. It's a metaphor for our life right? I live a really blissful life. And so my trips are blissful. So it's, it's just, it just goes hand in hand. The temperature in one area of our life will always reflect the temperature of another area in our life. I really don't believe we can compartmentalize things. And, you know, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I was just with a friend recently and she's like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell you about my professional life right now. She's like, my personal life's a fucking wreck, but my professional life is good. And in my mind, I'm like, oh girl, it's all really good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. To remember. I think it works temporarily, right? It does. I need to remember, like, I'm friend Kelsey. I'm not coach Kelsey, so I'm just here to listen. Okay. Yep. So true, right? Yeah. You know, I see people doing that. They're really thriving in their career. Their marriage is falling apart or their home life sucks. And I, I see that you can do it temporarily. I think it works for a quick second, and then I think everything comes crashing down. And maybe that quick second is 30 years for some people, but then they end up, you know, divorced or having heart disease or having cancer or whatever at the end of the day. So, you know, you can, you can go really, really strong and hard in one area and let the, le the rest fall behind, but it comes back to you. It catches up with you, right? So I, you know, I'm all about finding balance, and I think balance is fluid. It's changing. It's not this performance perfection thing that we have to strive for but I think when you live intentionally and connected to your intuition you're you're able to to stay connected to the flow and be in that flow and know okay what do the kids need right now okay they're needing some time at home okay what do we need right now as a family we're needing rest or a beach you know let's just go sit on the beach for a few days or you know and so we're, we're I'm tuned in I'm checking in so is my husband and so we're teaching our kids this too like I, I shared the other day, my, my eight-year-old, he gets up and meditates with me a lot of mornings at 6 a.m. before he needs to be awake. Why? Because he's like, I feel really good when I sit there and close my eyes like that for a long time. I'm like, don't you? Don't you feel amazing? Isn't it powerful? You know what? It's you. It's nothing magical. It's just you. You're just giving yourself a second to just connect, tune in. That breath is that life, life force, right? So he loves it. They love it, right? So it's just going all going back to like we have to we have to create that space for ourselves and out of that everything will flow and we will have find the answers. We're all our own geniuses, right? We have the answers inside of us, but we've got to take that time, we've got to create that space to go within, to listen. And it certainly helps having a coach in your corner. I have a coach too. I absolutely love having a life coach and I love being a life coach. I think it helps 
tremendously to have someone holding your hand and, and cheerleading you and helping position you and create strategy to bring you back to yourself. Not to tell you what to do, but to lead you back to that place of like, hey, you're brilliant. Hey, you have what it takes. I'm going to remind you of this and help you create and design a lifestyle of this until you really own it, right? That's what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like to use the analogy of it being like a mirror. I want to hold the mirror up for people to see what truly is. Yes. Their their capabilities, their magnificence, their brilliance. And that there's a lot of different things in our life that can fuck us up, but it's up to us to not stay fucked up and get to heal. Like it's not even that you have to, you get to, you get to heal because I'm sure there was like a lot of healing that happened before you were able to like create consistently a state of bliss. Yes. Like there, it's almost like I get, this is like a really weird analogy, but for some reason I'm like cleaning out the pipes, you know, like we got to clean out like all of the resentment or the fear or the anger or the yes. people that have hurt us, right. Going through forgiveness. So then we can, and that could, I feel like that could even be the first start of like, for someone who is a mom that has never really done any personal development or life coaching, like, I mean, from your perspective, what, what would you say be the first step for someone? That's so important, uh, Kelsey. I think that's such a good reminder. And yes, I did. I I needed, and I did have years of healing. And it's still, it's like well, it's like an onion. I always say there's still layers, and I still find myself at days going, "Oh, I need to detox something." You know, a person, place, a thing. Oh, there's forgiveness here. Oh, there's some growth here. There's healing needs to happen here. So it's a lifelong journey of healing, I believe. Yeah. But. I did go through a massive detox of, you know, my own false beliefs and my own fears about life. And, um, and it was early and it was in that stage of realizing, yeah, that like, Hey, I don't love, I don't love where things are going. I don't love the way I'm feeling. So what, what's it going to take for me to get back to my center? Well, that's what it took, right? It took me going in inside. And then when I went inside, I I recognized, gosh, there's still fear here. There's still control here. There's some, I'm still operating out of manipulation. What is that about? Why am I treating people I love this way? And so I'm constantly taking inventory, but in those early years of marriage, like, like you said, like a mirror, gosh, having babes and a husband is like, you have a surrounding mirror all the time, right? You can't get away from it. You're like, okay, and there, then there's this. And I just need a freaking breath. And then there's this thing I got to deal with and heal from. So in the early years of my marriage, I was doing a ton of deep work, a ton, <clears throat> regularly. And I think that, you know, that was a huge pivotal turning point is when I got to a place where I'm like, wow, I feel cleaned out. Like you said, I feel like the, the pipes have been washed out. Then it's like, what do I, so what do I want to replace this? What do I want to put in this place? Like, what do I want to fill this with? Right. And I want to, who do I want to be? And then that's really where I began designing and began this intentionality journey of like, now what? Now that I've, I've woken up and seen the light of like, these are my old limiting beliefs and these are the, the generational patterns that were passed down to me and these are the things I was operating in that were no longer serving me. They definitely weren't serving my marriage, my partnership or my kids, you know, my role as a mom. So once I cleaned that out, became really self-aware of it. And like I said, it's an ongoing journey, but then it's like, okay, now who do I want to be? 
what kind of wife do I want to be? What kind of woman do I want to be? What kind of mother do I want to be? And I, I created a vision board back in the early days of, of being a mom and put pictures of like this really sexy, badass woman with kids around her, right? And this like really sexy scene with, with a, a man. I'm like, this is going to be my marriage. This is going to be the type of mom I am. And then there's a world and there's airplanes and then we're traveling and then we're doing all this stuff. And, you know, we were doing all that, but I wanted... I don't want to be a doer. I wanted to, to come from this place of being, right? I really wanted, so even though our life was good, I was like, no, there's got to be more. I want it to come out of this overflow, right? I want to actually be that person and not just do those things. <clears throat> I think it's easy in our society, especially if you're successful in business and you're making money to like, oh, I can go and do, 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 right? And I can make my life look like something. But I was like, no, no, no. I want it to be so authentic that it's always an extension of what, who I am. And, and behind closed doors, I'm the same person that I am out in public. So I really began like what I call a self-healing journey in my late 20s. <clears throat> and, and man, now I can honestly say that I am living completely, like authentically, like an open book from this place of like, I'm, I, I am that woman now. I'm doing, I'm doing life, but I'm also being her, right? And my life is flowing from this place of authenticity and I'm living organically and I'm free. And it's just a really beautiful thing to do the deep work, to do the work, right? And I'm, I'm always doing more. Last year after my grandmother passed, gosh, I went to not only grief, but then I went to another wave of like healing and transformation. It's interesting how death brings new life, right? Especially when you're super connected to the person. I know you probably understand that. Yeah. And so I always, I feel like that's why I, I tell my children, it's, it's, we're like an onion and there's always like these layers that are being peeled back. And if we'll surrender to the process of growth and transformation, we'll always be evolving into this next, you know, level, this next version of ourselves. And it's a really, really, then it's the adventure of a lifetime to be alive, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And knowing that throughout the whole process, it's safe. Yeah. I think that's the one thing is like, it's safe to be seen. It's safe to express. It's safe to be different. It's safe to want more. Yes. For a long time I had hesitations and reservations about wanting more, being like, am I being too much? Am I not being grateful because I want more? And it's like, no, we're dreamers. We're allowed to dream. Like it's going to make other people uncomfortable. So just get, be okay with that. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so true. Right you have the choice to stay small or, you know, to really, really, really live from that deep well inside. And I think we all have it. I think we all want more. And I think we were designed that way. So I think when we settle or we stay small or we, you know, conform, we're actually killing the internal life force and the flame that's inside. And I know you've, you've probably, you're probably, you know, around many people and know many people who are living, but they're, they're just flatlined. Right. And we know that, you know, in our, in our families, in our life, we know a lot of those people and we just have chosen that, you know, we're going to keep that internal flame lit and that's going to make people uncomfortable. And that's going to mean transformation and transformation is never easy and it's uncomfortable for us. Right. Um, and it's going to mean jumping off a lot of cliffs and not knowing where we're going to land. We've done that multiple times and I think we'll do it multiple times again in our, in our journey. So I completely agree is that we, you know, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't grow and transform by 
um, making others comfortable or living a life that others understand or living, you know, to please other people. It's just, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We actually, until we put out our own flame when we do that. Mm-hmm. Cut I think we kind of put out other people's flame too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The more I find my voice, the more I find that other people are around me are inspired to find theirs. And that's the beauty of shining our light, right? I know you yeah. know it well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, jump in the net will appear. Yeah. <laughs> good reminder for me right now. <laughs> for sure. While you go backpacking in Europe with your three kids. Yep, yep. I know, right? You're crazy ass, and I love it. (laughs) But for real, but really though, Brandy, you've given me proof that it exists because Mm -hmm. we can create it and the dream of it. And but then hearing there's a real person with a real family doing these real things. (laughs) You've given me proof. You've given all of my listeners proof. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. yeah it's an honor to be here. Yeah, that's what How can people about. get in contact with you? Uh, BrandyFano.com is my website. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well under BrandyFano. And um, yeah, so I have a, a company called Lifestyle Design. So I do, I do life coaching and I'm getting ready to launch my first group online uh, coaching program next year as well. Awesome. Cool. And you guys, in the show notes below, you'll have links for all that stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Kelsey. You are rad. Thanks for doing the work you're doing. Love your podcast. Love your message and what you're all about. So just keep it up. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So as we close, I'm just going to have you complete the sentence, okay? All right, cool. Self-love is... It's my worship. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on Joy for the Yeah, absolutely. Have a beautiful day, Kelsey. Thank you.